Hey guys, welcome back to Mamaze F. Today it's just me, Christy, and of course, I have one of the two guests that were supposed to be on today. Um, one of our guests actually on her way to record got in a car accident, so she is fine, um, but we are sad that she is not going to make it today. Um, today's episode is going to be about breast cancer and breast cancer awareness. Um, our guest today, you guys probably have seen our post. Uh, we, we posted about her before. Uh, she's a really good friend of mine. Her, her name is Lorena Pacheco. And as you guys listen to all of our other episodes, you guys know that we always have the guest kind of give her a little background. Um, and I want to allow Lorena a chance to just, um, give her a little intro so that you guys are able to get to know her a little bit better. So without further ado... Here is Lorena. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Lorena. I am a mother of three. I have three children. Um, Ages. I, Jackie is seven. She's going to turn 17 in December. I, my Louise is 12, and I have a five-year-old son, Manuelito. Um, I've been married. Well, not married. We're not legally married yet, but my boyfriend and I have been technically. together. Technically married. <laughs> Um, we've been together for almost seven years now. We have our son, Manuelito, and then my two oldest are from a previous relationship. And I was diagnosed with breast cancer this year in January. Um, and Yeah, so before we go into that, um, obviously this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so we know that um, there's a lot of people like trying to bring awareness one thing I do want to say or that I see is that breast cancer awareness is like, well, I see, not that I'm trying to knock any type of foundation, not that I'm trying to knock anybody, but from personal experience, from seeing you, from seeing the other guest that was supposed to be on, her name is Vanessa, um, from seeing both of them, I I see where breast cancer awareness is kind of geared towards the foundations for you to raise money for the foundations and for research which is great because obviously we want to find the cure. We want to make sure that there is more hope for more women and less women lose lives. But I feel like a lot of the time we don't really see the other picture. You know, we see, yes, we want to give money so that we're able to donate. But when somebody is going through something like this, we don't see like the struggle. We don't see, I mean, obviously we see the, you know, them being sick, them losing their hair. But we don't see what it, you know, the damage it can cause to somebody, not just physically, but mentally, as well as, you know, to the family, because it's hard on the family. So, Lorena, I want you to talk about, um, about a little bit about, about that. You know, I know you introduced us about your kids and so forth, but I want you to talk about how you found out and when you thought you, something was going on, but you kind of ignored it. Like, I want you to talk about everything and how it happened. So I'm going to let Lorena go ahead and okay. do that. So last year in October, I, um, I got used to doing my self-exam every birthday. I, you know, I didn't want to do it every month because I didn't have the family history or so I thought. And then I just totally ignored it every other month, except on my birthday. That was my birthday gift to myself. I would just check my breast to make sure everything's fine. Last year, we were in um, California. We were on a family vacation, and I was in the shower, and I started checking my breast. I found a lump. It wasn't a big one, but it was 
it was a lump. It wasn't there. It was new. Yes, yeah. it was new. It was new. It was a. It was on my right inside of my breast, and I said, "Oh, it's probably nothing." I ignored it. I did let my significant other know, "Hey, I have um, I found a lump," and he said, "Okay, well, when we get back, let's get you checked out. Go get into uh, doctor's appointment so you can see what it is." When I came back, because I was maxed out on my PTO for work and I didn't want to take any more days off, I completely ignored it. I let it go until last year um, in December. I I work for APS, so I decided to um, volunteer for the light parade. And mm-hmm. when I volunteered, um, unfortunately, you know, I dislocated my shoulder during the event. And I was without work for the whole month of December. Still that month of December, I did not remember about what was going on. Because we forget. We for- Yes, we, we forget. Another example of us putting ourselves last. There's so many things that happen being a mom, being a wife. And then especially during the holidays, families in oh, yeah. town, you're trying to host events. You're trying to do this for your kids. Cooking, so, shopping. Yes, you forget. And I, yes, I didn't get to do any of that because of my shoulder. I had a dislocated shoulder, severely dislocated shoulder. So I was home most of the time. But towards the end of um, the year, uh, I want to say about the last week of December, maybe the first week of January, I my five-year-old, um, he likes to lie on, on my chest. And he, he would always do that. But the whole month of December, he wasn't allowed to. He wasn't even allowed to come near me because of my shoulder. Towards the end, he started getting a little bit comfortable. And he came to my chest because he couldn't lie on my left. Because of my shoulder, he started lying on my right. As soon as he put his head on my right, like I felt a really sharp pain on my breast. I felt like there was some sort of like a pimple, like a massive pimple that was in there that just needed to be popped. And I, I felt it in that lump that I had felt back in October was maybe twice the size. And um, that's when I, I, I told my husband, I said, hey, Manny, um, remember that lump I told you about? I said, well, it's beginning to hurt now. And he, um, he and, said, well... And you know what? You know, I want to clear, clear this up because a lot of people say, oh, cancer doesn't hurt. Or if you have a lump and it doesn't hurt then you should get it checked. And if it does hurt, then you shouldn't. You shouldn't have any... Because that, that's yeah. happened to me before. Like, oh, can't, if it's cancer, it won't hurt you. But that's not true. It's not true. That's not true. No, it's not. <clears throat> um, my lump was so big by the end of the year that whenever I would take off my bra, I'm obviously a mom and I've had kids. Um, so my boobs, you know, they're not the best shape. When they when I had no bra on, they, they you know, they would sag, sag a little bit. Um, so, but you could see like the lump over my skin, like the lump was already popping out of my skin. So you could see it very, very well. So then after that, he told me, well, I thought you got it checked. And he was very upset. And he told me, he he gave me an ultimatum. He said, if you don't go this week to go get it checked, you know, you and I are going to have serious problems. So then the next day I called the doctor. Sure enough, they got me in. The doctor said, oh, it's probably a swollen milk dud. Mm -hmm. I guess when, when women, you know, breastfeed, Sometimes the milk duds stay swollen with milk and it gets hard. The duct. Yeah, yeah, the duct. So then that I went to the doctor that week. The following week, I had my mammo. And then um, when I had my mammo, I saw the radiologist and she said, well, it looks like cancer. I think it's cancer. I'm pretty sure it's cancer. She just kept repeating that. And I'm like, okay. Okay, so what, what were your the thoughts? fuck? I was scared. 
I started crying because at, I'm, I'm the type of person where unless it's an emergency and even when it's an emergency, like I don't want, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want no one to go to the doctor with me. I just want to go get it over with, go do it on my own. And that morning I went on my own. So when I left out of there, I was crying. Because like you're I, not only alone now at your yeah, doctor's appointment, they just they just much told me that you. I I probably have cancer. So then she said, "I'm going to schedule you for a biopsy next week, um, and then we'll go from there." I sure enough, I did the biopsy the next available uh, week, which was on a Thursday. They did the biopsy, but which, by the way, if they say it doesn't hurt, it does hurt, but it's totally worth it because we have to I know. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does hurt. It feels like someone is. Cutting in live skin in the inside. They numb the outer part, but the inside does hurt. And then after that, like two weeks later or less than a week and a half, maybe, uh, the doctor called me, the radiologist called me and she said, you have breast cancer and it's aggressive. So it's probably spreading. I set up an appointment with um, a surgeon and that was it. Like my world broke after that. So what's happened since then? Obviously, your first your first initial reaction, you're scared. Yeah. But what are you most... I mean, obviously, you're scared because of your life. But I'm just... I guess I want to kind of just know because this happened to me before. After I had Julian, I had a cervical cancer scare where the radiologist told me something similar. Mm-hmm. And then I had, like, the actual biopsy and it came back that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that week of waiting or that two waiting. weeks of waiting yeah. killed me and, like... I was depressed, first of all, because, I mean, my initial first reaction was, my son is going to grow up without his mom. Me too. I thought the same thing. Like, when when I was told, I didn't even know what aggressive was. I had no idea. When she told me, I said, what does aggressive mean? She said, it's the bad cancer. It's the kind that spreads. And I'm like, okay. So then what next? She said, well, I scheduled you an appointment with the surgeon. She was very... But I just feel like, I feel like cancer is such a touchy subject. So, and I, I get it. Radiologists see people for things like this daily. Daily. So I guess they're immune to the type yes. of, you know, reaction. reaction. But I feel like this is such a touchy and sensitive sit, like topic. It's a, such a sensitive thing to be going through for her to just tell you like that is really messed up you know it is like I thought about filing a report you know a complaint against her but I just said you know I guess this is the way it was meant to happen Mm -hmm. and I think that the way she told me to also made me um so I didn't google anything Mm -hmm. all I knew is that aggressive is bad aggressive is the kind that spreads that's all I knew about cancer Mm -hmm. about the type of cancer that I had I didn't want to google anything i didn't want to go into anything that's like the worst thing you can do yes yes so then she had scheduled me she told me i think it was around january 27th i want to say around there all i know is that it was a i think it was a thursday or friday in the last week of january and she had scheduled me an appointment for february i think it was february 15th which was almost three weeks so i i got really upset obviously because the appointment was so far away and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to get any information until then. But from from that moment when I came home and because my mom was here, I told my mom, like my world just flipped completely. I was afraid. I, <clears throat> I thought like at that moment when she told me, you know, the kind and everything, I said, okay, what I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pull my kids out of school. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my kids out of school and I'm going to keep them and I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to be with them because obviously I, I didn't know how much time I had with them. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner, Manny, he started, like I told him that night that he came home and his, his, his reaction was um, like he, he looked scared, but he didn't show it. He turned it all around and he said, you're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. He started doing him and my mom. We actually started doing research, started bringing me all kinds of natural remedies to start drinking from here on to my appointment um, because I, I wasn't on any type of medication for pain or anything. The radiologist did recommend that I could probably start taking something for pain because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the bump was hurting. Um, but he started doing research and I started drinking all kinds of things, remedios caseros. <laughs> I remember yeah. I would come over and Lorena's like, my mom made me this drink. I can't drink it. It's so disgusting. It was nasty. Like, it was it. it was Savila, Bacanora. And oh, I don't know. God. It's like I was getting drunk. <laughs> That's why you didn't. <laughs> Trying to me. cure my cancer. <laughs> but she, she did the best she could. And, and Manny, too, I started changing like a lot of the things that I ate, like especially with the water. I mean, mm-hmm. that water that I've been drinking, I know it sounds ridiculous that a water could be good, but... That alkaline water is the best thing. I think that that's what's kept me up mm-hmm. from all my chemos is the water. And now that because I've been so lazy and many, he just we haven't gone to go pick it up. I haven't drank it for about two weeks. I and think that's why it. I feel it. Yeah, that's why I've been feeling so down lately because that water is amazing. But so then I, I didn't stay comfortable. I called the surgeon that I had an appointment with, and I told him, you know, I really need to get in. This is all I know and about what the type of cancer that I'm having. I'm, I'm going crazy. I don't know what to do. So then the doctor got me in earlier. I think he got me around the first week of February. And that's an appointment where uh, my sister, Araceli, my cousin, Laura, Manny, my dad, and I went. And it was to talk about what kind of cancer that I had, what were my options, and Set what up was next. Plan. Yes, to start my our game plan for my treatment. Um. After that, so I went to the appointment and we set up a game plan. They told me all kinds of testing that I had to go through. Um, the doctor did say that he found more lumps under my arm. So the cancer had already spread. We just didn't know if it was the same type of cancer that I had in my breast or if it was a different kind. Uh, well, we set up appointments. We set up MRIs, blood work, genetic testing. I went through about maybe... From when I found out at the end of January until about April, all those months I did, it was appointment after appointment for to testing. To find things out. To find things out, to do CTs, to make sure it wasn't in my brain, to make sure it wasn't in my stomach. I had bone density tests, which I've, you know, the, the, usually those tests are for older people. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, a lot of testing. We went through a lot of things emotionally with my kids when I told my kids to. Jackie, um, my oldest, she was scared, but Jackie's a tough cookie. So she took it okay. My other son, my 12-year-old, Luis, he was he was okay. Um, and obviously the little one, you know, he didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from the time that you found out to all the testing, when did you start your treatment? Like, Obviously, it told you, like, this is the type of cancer you have. Um, you know, this is what we're, our plan is for you. Like, what was your 
when did you start your actual like chemo and all of okay. that stuff? So then after um, we came up with the game plan, the genetic testing came back negative for the for the cancer gene, which was great because if it would have been positive, I would have had to I would have decided to remove both breasts. Mm-hmm. And I only removed my right breast in, in its entirety. Nipple, everything is gone. There's no nerve. It's just the skin now and mm-hmm. the the muscle, mm-hmm. which at the moment, I don't feel anything there. <laughs> the nerves, everything is gone. It's like they scrape everything down to your muscle. Um, so during that, that period, I also was tested for my lymph nodes because I had a couple tumors there, but we didn't know if they were cancerous or not. So the doctor said, I had surgery on April 2nd, and the doctor said, when I go in there, I'm going to go ahead and check to, for, on those lymph nodes to see if they're cancerous. So he went in, when he, I was in surgery, he went in there, and it turns out that they were, they were cancer, but they didn't know which type of cancer it was. Because when you, I guess when you go in there, they'll just test it for cancer. Mm-hmm. They, the, they have to send it to pathology to see what type of cancer mm-hmm. and because it's not always the same type. Yes, it's not always the same type. It could be a different type. So um, my surgery lasted about eight or nine hours, was it? Mm-hmm. It was long. It was a very, very, very long surgery. After that, I mean, it, it was, I, I ended up staying the night at the hospital because we did, they did the removal of the breast and they also put in an implant. So I removed my breast in its entirety and they put in a silicone implant in my chest because I did reconstruction. So after that, I went to my follow-up appointments. Um, That's when the the surgeon told me that the same cancer that I had on my breast, on the inside of my breast, on my right, was already on my lymph nodes. And it was the aggressive cancer. So he decided that he wanted to attack it aggressively with aggressive chemo and radiation. That was about the first week of April. Yeah, the first week of April. So then I was supposed to start my chemo on May 7th. Unfortunately, because the incisions for my breast weren't healing, that month of April, I went into surgery four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, four two times. of them, Two of them were emergency because my skin, my breast, I guess my body was rejecting my implant. My skin was just opening up. It was like tearing like live skin. Mm-hmm. Like you could see my muscle. You could see my skin fat. It was just, it was really bad. The first time the doctor went and she sewed it. And then um, the, the, the third surgery that I had was for my port. And then the fourth surgery was um, at, on May 7th when I was supposed to start my chemo. And it was to take out my implant. So that way my incision can heal and I can start chemo. I started chemo on May 28th. I started, I don't know exactly what the medication was called. I'll get you the name later, but they call it the red devil. It's like the strongest kind of chemo that a human body can have. It's given every three weeks because it's so strong. Um, My first treatment was on the 28th and it went okay. The, the first couple of days, I was a little bit sick, not as much. But the following week after that is when my hair started just like falling off in bulks. And I want you to talk about how, obviously, as a woman, our, our womanly features are what makes us feel sexy, what mm-hmm. make us feel women. You know, our hair, our breasts, 
you know, our, our body, yeah. our appearance. So I want you to talk about how you felt, first of all, going through the surgery, getting your breast implants, but then having to remove one of your implants, you now just having one breast, no nipples, now your hair is starting to fall off. I want you to talk about how it, obviously we know it affected you physically, but how did it affect you mentally and how did it affect your relationship with not only yourself, but with others? So... Take your time. I know it's something that's very stupid because I, I should feel... It's not And I stupid. did feel grateful that I was alive, that I had a second opportunity in life. But to me, removing that part of me... It's okay. Take your time. Removing that part of me, of my breast, it was very tough emotionally and mentally... My partner didn't expect anything from me, and he loved me no matter what. He's he's always showed it. He's always been by my side. But to me, mentally, it just messed me up completely. Um, I felt less of myself. I I felt like I was ugly. <coughs> Excuse me. I just I felt nasty because I had all these holes in me. I couldn't, you know, and still to the day, and it's something that's not going to come back. I can't feel my right arm, my shoulder, my side of my skin. It hurts, and I have saggy skin, you know, where my implant's supposed to be. It just, it messed me up completely, and I got away from a lot of my friends. I stopped going out, stopped doing birthday parties, dinner dates, and things like that. I just wanted to exclude myself from everything because I didn't want anybody to see me the way I was. I felt broken. I felt I felt incomplete. I felt like you didn't feel like you. I didn't feel like me. To me, I've always been a breast girl. I admire women's breasts. I think women's breasts are so beautiful and it's just part of us and to me, it, to me my breast who knows me personally knows that I love my breast and I wanted bigger ones. <laughs> they're already big I always wanted big breasts and I think they're they're just such a beautiful feature on a woman and I just I felt incomplete I felt and I felt you, ugly and, and you're, you're not ugly first of all um, <coughs> yes I also I've seen the decrease in in how she carries herself. Obviously, anybody who who meets and knows Lorena knows that she is this fun, always has a smile on her face type of woman. She's very helpful and loving and always there for those who need her. And obviously, with all of this stuff that's going on, you know, her feeling this type of way about herself, like I seen like a decrease and it broke my heart because seeing your friends or anybody you love and care about it's it's sad you know you like you don't want obviously you want to be there for that person but you also want to you want that person to see what you see it's like for me mentally it affected me in ways that I mean it sounds ridiculous but because I know I'm grateful to be alive, to be here with my kids, to have, I see it as a second opportunity. But cuando eres una mujer y, mm -hmm. 
y te crees de una cierta manera y te gusta conducirte de una cierta manera y para mí mis pechos eran lo mío, era lo que me encantaba de mí, era lo que, lo que a mí me fascinaba de mí. A mí no me importa el peso que te, tuviera, me encantaban a mí mis pechos. Y era algo de lo que yo me sentía bien, bien contenta conmigo misma. Y así el demás del mundo no me veía así, a mí no me importaba, a mí mis pechos me encantaban. Yeah, I remember you've always been yeah. a boob girl. I loved them. Mm -hmm. I love them. So how do you think, obviously, with, going, with that going on, like how did it affect your relationship with Manny? Um, like, do you feel like because you felt the way you did that it affected you? Oh, because yeah. obviously... It did. Yeah. Because he, he never showed um, como que él no se sentía gusto con mi cuerpo, que... Era al contrario. And is it okay if I get intimate? Yeah, I don't care. Talk okay. About it. yeah, he it's my life and, yeah. and I don't it's, mind it's to share story. it. It's your story. You share whatever you so, want to share. So, como, o sea, nuestra vida íntima no, obviamente no cambió completamente porque no, y, y es como yo, yo quería estar con él pero a la misma vez no me sentía a gusto estando con él y lo empujaba y lo empujaba. Y él no, él siempre ha sido una persona bien paciente, que él no, no me exige nada, no, no espera nada de mí. Si él, él, sabe, él, él sabe muy bien mi situación y, y sabe cómo soy yo. Y... And for those who don't speak Spanish, I will try and translate as much oh, as I can. No, sorry. you're fine. No, 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 you're fine. Whatever you're comfortable. So she's pretty much saying that... Um, you know, her going through this. This phase, you know, Manny has always been very um, comfortable with my situation, you know, with what I'm going through. He's always been very helpful. He's always understood, supportive. very, very supportive. But there was a point in our relationship where I would push him so much, push you know, that away. he wanted to be with me and in a way that it was comfortable for, for me. Um, but he wanted, and I would just push him. And I would push him. I would tell him, no, I want nothing to do with you. Leave me alone. Don't touch me or not right now. And, you know, I, I would just start pushing him and, and he would get upset because he would tell me, you know, I want to be with you. Oh, he wants to be there for yeah, you. Yeah, he wants, I, I, you know, even if it's just cuddling, I just, I wouldn't let him hug me on, you know, I wouldn't let him, I, I would hug him on the side because I didn't want him to feel, you know, that my breast wasn't there anymore. And, and he would tell me, just hug me. I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going through this with you. I want to be with you. Mm -hmm. So then it, there was a point in our relationship where, you know, it was, it was affected and because I started pushing him away and just, you know, the tension in our home with the kids and financially and, you know, with work and just life started happening. But we talked about it. We've communicated and he's, He tells me, you know, I'm not going to push you to do nothing you don't want to do. I'm, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. And we, we started communicating for our, you know, for our intimacy. And, and it's better now. I feel a little bit more confident. Obviously, I'm over the, the phase. It still hurts, you know, that I don't have my breast. But I'm over the phase. I used to wear a, a, pros like a, a prosthetic. Yeah. yeah, we call her Titty D. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's literally like a pillow that looks kind of like a... Is it like it's a pillow? It's a crocheted like a, yeah, pillow. Yeah, like a crocheted pillow that's in a shape of a breast. Yeah. So whenever she wears her clothes, she could put her bra on and it looks like she has two breasts instead of just the one. <laughs> so I stopped wearing her. I'd only wear her to like big, big events. And mm-hmm. it has to be super, super special because other than that, I stopped caring. And it's... I just feel a little bit more comfortable in my own skin. It doesn't affect me anymore. Like... Uh, to get out of the shower and before I used to cover up real quick in front of Manny and now like I'm okay with it like I I don't mind him because I've never let him see my incisions Mm -hmm. until you know it's been about a week now that I'm comfortable where I take off my my towel and like I don't mind changing in front of him Mm -hmm. I don't mind him seeing my incisions and what he'll do is just he'll just caress it (laughs) and then he'll kiss my forehead Oh, and it makes me feel special, you know. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like, obviously, he's always accepted me, but it just I feel his support, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and it, and that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about. How has having like a huge support system helped you? Because, a you know, we have to think that a lot of women going through this don't have a huge family, don't have a lot of friends, yeah, don't really know a lot of people, you know, that they can say, you know, having all this support has helped. Um, how has that helped you be able to be okay with living with cancer? It's, I don't think if I, if I would have had such support, like from my family, from my friends, from you guys, from everyone, I, I think that I'd be weak. I think that I would be super weak. I think that I would be depressed. And I think that that's what keeps me going. And, you know, people tell me, oh, you're so upbeat and you're so Mm -hmm. happy and you seem so, you know, okay with what's going on it's it's because of my support system since day one my mom has been here she comes over she mom. takes care of me <laughs> she cooks she takes the kids to school she does laundry the days where you know at the beginning of my treatment was very very, very tough sick. Mm-hmm. I was I I didn't get the whole part about puking but you I feel like your energy level was just so low all you yes. did was sleep yes well, I, I thank goodness I didn't puke because I hate puking. Me too. But I did get, like, chemo to me was a week of hangover. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I felt dry mouth and, you know, I just felt hungover. My head was hurting all the time. All I wanted to do was sleep. And my mom was always there. Um, Manny was always, like, Manny was picking up extra shifts at work, mm-hmm. extra weekends, extra trips at work, so that we, you know, because I, was, I wasn't working. Well, I'm not working still. And he just, he didn't want me to worry about the bills. He didn't want me to worry about, you know, having food on the table or buying the things that we need to buy for the kids and everything. So he, he was working. So that's the way he's, he's always supported us, and he supported me is by working and by mm-hmm. taking up extra hours, helping out with the kids and, you know, my friends without my cousins, my sisters, you guys have always been there. Like you coming over on Tuesdays and just having dinner with me that, you know, that was the highlight of my, of my week, you Aww, know? And I even though I, I wasn't all upbeat, but it was nice to be able to still feel, feel useful, you know, to feel useful. Ya que no podía, like, to do other things around the house, like, I still enjoyed cooking. You and know? you know what? I got to tell you, that day that I came over and we were sitting there, like, crying our eyes out, and you were, like, telling me how you felt like 
like pretty much you were saying like you felt like you were here for nothing Mm -hmm. that really broke my heart because you are here obviously for many reasons and uh, as a mom we don't see that often you know we just know that being a mom we know what comes with the job you know we have to take care of our kids make sure they're fed make sure they have clothes the house is clean as a wife, you know, you have to be supportive yeah. of your husband, make sure there's dinner made, you know, you know, you have to, there's different, with each hat you wear, there's different things and jobs and duties that come with it. But as a woman, as, you know, being who you are, there's also duties, there's also things that we forget and we, we always put ourselves last. Yes, we do. And that broke my heart because I'm like, you are... Eres una perra, like you would say. (laughs) Eres una perra chingona. Like, honestly, I just, you are a strong individual, like, in yourself. And you're an amazing friend, amazing mother, amazing wife, daughter. And I feel like you're those type of people that you just walk in and the room lights up because you have such a fun in like loving bright spirit like anywhere that you go we're like oh Lorena's here like and I always tell I always always tell her um Laura like Lorena reminds me of Mother Goose like everyone loves her (laughs) she takes takes care of everyone like she's one of those people that we like all love and you just literally light up the room so that day you were telling me I was just so heartbroken because I'm like I can't like I know that you were going through what you were going through and like at that time you were still feeling like a lot some type of way about your breasts and stuff but you're so much more than your breast and you're so much more than your hair and you're so much more than you know whatever you feel you know you're an amazing person and I'm glad that you're starting to see that it's yeah those things are important and those are the things that make us feel sexy and yes it's me saying this and I don't know you know really how you feel because it's never happened to me but from what I can see is like you're in a you're an amazing person. You're Thank like you. a badass. And, and and like you said, yes, this was your second chance at life. And I feel like, you know, now that you're seeing things, like you just enjoy the little things. And the day I that am. you pulled your kids out of school and you were scared and you wanted to, you know, spend, you know, that, that fear that you have, I feel like we all should not be living in fear, but I feel like that moment, you yes. know, that you felt like, I just want to spend time with my kids. We as moms. I just moms, want to be with them. Be with yeah. them. We always <clears throat> just want to be like, oh, like, you know, complaining about our kids. But at the end of the day, it sucks that, you know, this situation, it you know. A, it a takes a strong situation to realize. Realize, like, what you have. <clears throat> and it's just like, you should always be grateful. You should always want to spend time with your kids i know that i'm the first person to be like julian's an asshole you know and he has a bad (laughs) attitude he's just like me and that's why we we clash a lot but you know i'm glad that you're seeing that i'm glad that you literally live day per day and you live in the moment and i see that you're so like involved with your kids you're involved with everything you want to involve yourself in other people too and i i'm happy that you're no longer that like depressed woman because it broke my heart and I was I think that I was I was very depressed and I was just going through things and like I like at night I would always cry myself to sleep and say why me why did this happen to me why am I going through this Mm -hmm. I don't want to go through chemo you know touch I would touch my my chest and it killed me to not feel you know Mm -hmm. myself there and it just it was very very tough and 
you know, if you know anyone that's going through this, always reach out and just not even to talk, just to be there, just to listen. Because mm-hmm. remember, like I would tell you, like I just, I know that I have to be strong. I know that I should be grateful for being alive, but just fucking let me cry. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me everything's going to be okay. Just listen to me, hug me, hold me, be with me. Because that's all I need at the end of the day. And that's another thing I was going to say. If you are a person who is looking on the outside, like if you know somebody that's going through this, just like Lorena said, if you know, you know, your brother, your sister, your mom, your husband, your kid, whoever, you need to let them feel what they feel. You know, like, I just don't think it's okay for somebody to say, okay, yeah, I get it. You're trying to help them out. Like, okay, like, don't cry. You'll be fine. Like, you need to be strong. You need to be strong. But at the end of the day, that. we know you need to be strong. But you also have the right to feel what you feel because none of us know exactly what you're going through. None of us know, you know, that your breasts were your everything, that your hair is falling out, that you feel like crap, that you can't work. You know, none of us know how you feel. So as a person who's trying to be there for somebody just be there don't make comments like oh just toughen up or be oh you're gonna be okay you know we know you're gonna be okay but we need to also allow them to feel those emotions to cry to cry to let it out scream yeah do whatever you need to and then okay pick yourself up little by little each and every day and with the support of others with your own self um do you go to therapy for this i i was doing therapy um so for me, I was holding everything in all the time, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody was telling me you have to be strong. I'd appreciate everyone's advice. And I, I'm grateful for everyone that's around me that was there for me, that gave me all those words. But when you came that day and you just let me cry, that like it let out so many emotions, mm-hmm. things that I had inside and that sometimes when you cry alone, like you just you want someone to know how you feel. You want someone to just know that so that you you for for me so that I didn't feel like I was just going crazy or that I was just Mm -hmm. making shit up in my head so when I let that out it's like it released a lot of things that I had inside and I just I felt better I started journaling more and just listening to spiritual um verses from the bible that helped me out a lot Christian actually came over with me that yeah And Christian, um, who she, <coughs> Christian can't be here today, but she was here the day that we all, you know, I came over, Christian came over that morning. We kind of had a Lorena intervention <laughs> <laughs> and Christian shared a lot of her faith and what she felt, you know, you know, she like good advice to Lorena and kind of telling her what she thought, you know, would work for her. And, and, and it so, did. Yeah. There's a lot and of things that did work still. for her. So and we love you, Christian. And thank yes, you. Thank you. <laughs> and that, I think that that's what ever since then i think mm-hmm. that i've i've been more upbeat a little bit and more happy i see that and I more do see that. grateful mm-hmm. and my relationship with manny um changed as well because we have a lot more communication with jackie it changed tremendously because jackie was keeping a lot of things to herself too mm-hmm. so she started opening up with me and and now like there's times where i get out of chemo and i'll just go pick her up and we'll just have lunch and then we'll come back home and relax and watch movies Mm-hmm. you know or or you know wait for um time to pick up the baby manolito or you know when my friend my friend picks him up usually on tuesdays and brings him home and now it's just i'm more relaxed i'm excited to end this i have i started the second phase of my chemo which was 12 treatments i'm going to my 11th treatment tomorrow mm-hmm. 
And then after that, just one more. One so more. It'll be 12, and then hopefully I can remove my port. <laughs> What's next for me is radiation. But before that, I think I'm going to get a complete body scan to make sure there's no more cancer. Mm -hmm. Then it's radiation, and hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have my breast again. I'm so excited for you. <sighs> me too. I'm so, so ready. In closing, I want to make sure that anybody who's going through something similar or anybody who just has gotten diagnosed who is currently going through treatment who knows somebody what is your advice for them like what would you just not just as a woman standpoint as a mom but what is your advice as a in mom, general you know just be there for them however you can you know if it's taking a loaf of bread you know when you go see them a gallon of milk sometimes those things like i would forget you know now i, I Obviously, I'd text Manny, hey, you need to stop and get milk because I completely mm -hmm. forgot or we need this or we need that. You know, when you guys did that fundraiser for me, that was amazing because that helped out. Like, you have no idea. I, I was able to put money away for because obviously with our insurances, we have the, you know, the hospital co-pays. And they don't I have that. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. You know, that's something that comes out of your pocket. So we were I'm, I'm prepared for next year, you know, because January is coming around and. I have to pay that massive copay because I know there's going to be a couple surgeries coming up too because I'm getting shoulder surgery too. After I'm done with cancer, <laughs> I go into my shoulder surgery. Um, so that, that helped out a lot, just being there, you know, emotionally and, and again, just letting them cry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes so you have to be able to let them to, to let, like for me, I, it helped me to be weak really weak and to be at my lowest in order to be able to pick myself up. And that's and that's crazy because as moms you feel like you can never be weak. As a wife you feel like you can't. No, you're, you're always you a don't strong have a right. One. So I'm happy that you did that because after that day I did see you like a totally different. You it's like your demeanor just changed. And it's because and that's you were all just I so needed. much happier. You were so much like I feel like you even got more energetic. Like, I did. Just, I like, was doing was, more yeah. things. <laughs> so I know that I had mentioned this in the beginning. Like, obviously, when the foundations are trying to raise money, they're trying to raise money to help, you know, find a cure. But like Lorena said, the little things are the things that as a person who's sick forgets or like we don't realize. But financially... It was tough, you know, having her husband, you know, Manny's having to work now extra shifts, which is, you know, less time away from him and less time for him to spend time with you and see if anything is needed. It's great that you have a village to help you out with the kids, to help come cook for you, come clean for you. Um, but there isn't a lot of people who have that. So if you know somebody who's going through that, if you know... um if it's you that's going through that, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to help someone. You know, our fundraiser, it blew our minds at how much we were all able to come together and raise to you. Like we were like, oh, it's just going to be this much. Like we one day, me and my husband, well, my husband actually came up with the idea. He was like, dude, Lorena such an amazing person. Like, you know, we need to do something for her. Like, what do you think if we have like a food sale? And I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. And we had done this before for Vanessa as well. Um, anybody who knows my family knows that like if one person says like, we're going to do this, everybody jumps on everybody board and they're like, in. let's do it, you know? Um, so 
Tito told me, he's like, put a text together and send one out to everyone. So then, you know, obviously I'm close to Lorena's family. My family's all super close with them too. So I, we sent out this massive text and we were like, hey, this is our plan. Like, you know, obviously we know Lorena's going to be starting treatment and we want to make sure that we get, you know, something going for her, maybe like a food sale. She's not working. I know Manny's having to work more. Like, let's come together and let's have a fundraising fundraiser event for her. And so, yeah, like, you know, we made, we started making like a flyer. We started, you know, coming up with like food menus, like what we were going to sell, how we were going to price them. You know, we kind of had like a little meeting as to far as, you know, what was everything. And then, yeah, like we just posted it and we had such an amazing turnout. A lot of her friends, a lot of her family, a lot of my family, um, you know, we were out at Washington Park all day in the heat. Yeah. But we were so happy to do that because, again, Lorena is an amazing woman and she's so always she's always the first one willing to help. So I was like, this is the least that we could do. And yeah, we all came together and we raised money for her, which has helped her. You know, like she said, insurance doesn't cover a lot. So if you are a person who is wanting to do something for someone, wanting to help someone out, do it. Start that fundraiser, start whatever sale it is to help them, you know, do a raffle, but give it directly to the family. Not that I'm saying don't give it to the donate to to the the foundations, foundations, but you give it to the foundations and uh, yeah, they're doing research, but it gets lost in corporation. It, yeah, it gets lost, and by the time it kind of trickles down, it's like, what do the families get? They're still struggling, struggling financially. They're losing mm-hmm. their houses. They're losing their cars. You know, as it is, they're broken. And I just, you know, I want to make sure that yes, we're raising awareness for breast cancer and the foundations, but also for the families because we don't know how much it affects them, and we want to make sure that. If you are wanting to give, give it directly to the family or buy them groceries, you know, make them dinner, spend, you know, gift cards, whatever you can help out with their gas, taking their kids to school, you know, chipping in. I'm not saying like doing, you know, every day, but if if you can, you know, I feel like we spend money stupidly Mm -hmm. at Starbucks or whatever, help that family out, you know, whatever way you can, even if you can't financially, just being there for that family means more than anything. So if I can say one thing, that is what I'm going to say is like, if you want to financially help someone out, give it directly to the family or help them out in groceries in whatever, or yeah. whatever. I have a friend. Her name is Joanne. She picks up Manolito from school every Tuesday. He's my chivos. Mm-hmm. She picks them up every Tuesday without even asking anything. She picks them up from school and she drops them off at my door. And that to me is, is been tremendous help because... You know, I can't drive sometimes. I'll drive myself back from chemo or my mom will bring me back and I come straight to bed and I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm out sometimes till the next day. So mm-hmm. that, you know, things like that, even rides mm-hmm. like that, that helps out like you have no idea. Yeah. So I want, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with me. Of course. Me. I love you very much. I love you. <laughs> um, and another thing I want to say is if you, if you don't have a big, peop, a lot of people around you, um, look for support groups, look within, if you're into church, um, look within your church, your community. Um, there's many people who are willing to help, you just got to ask, don't be afraid to. Um, and if you are, if, if you are going through something and you, you want to reach out to Lorena or you want to reach out to myself, you are more than welcome. We're always going to be available and here for anybody who needs us. As our other guests, you know, that come on, you know, who we appreciate very much. Like, you know, our our doors are always open. 
Um, if you want to just have a vent session, like Christian says, like, you know, sometimes you just need that. So you do, it, it, and it helps, you know, and, and also like for me going, I'm going through treatment right now. My, the place where I'm going, um, Arizona oncology, they actually have counselors and they have social workers there. My friend connected me with a social worker and that social worker will, um, get you connected with food banks, with, um, like the city resources. of Phoenix, the resources that will help you pay for utility bills that will help you pay for mortgages, rent and things like that. Um, so it, it it's out there, you know, the help is out there. All we have to do is just reach out and get it. Yep. So thank you. I love you. I hope you guys enjoyed our episode today. Um, stay tuned. It will be posted later this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we love you guys. Bye. And don't forget to do your woman's exam. Oh yes. Every Most importantly, month. Every month, do <clears throat> every it. Don't month. be like Lorena. Wait a whole year. <laughs> and then if you like, really, if you feel something, and if speak it about off, it, talk yeah. about it, go get it checked out. Because you know my my saying now is you're not if you're not well you cannot take care of yourself and that was the same to me, I wasn't well, I didn't take care of myself therefore my consequences were, you know that I had, breast cancer mm-hmm. because I I put everything don't I, ignore it don't ignore if something it. feels wrong, go get it checked the least yeah. that they can tell you is it's not you know, whatever it's, it's nothing. a milk dud. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to spend on a copay. Would you rather pay a copay or, you know, find you out know. too late? Yeah. Do it. You know, don't don't wait if you feel something is off. And it just doesn't even have to be breast cancer. Anything in general, if you have pain, anything, if anything just go anything. get it checked. I think that if I would have waited, I I would have I would have had that that message that said, you know, you have three or six months to live because my cancer was spreading so fast that it would have spread to a major organ. I that would have been it for me if I wouldn't have mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have checked myself. Yep. So thank you. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.